0: This, I might get Oscar weekly, is M.M.O.
1: Weekly.
0: Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show that comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, as if there's a Hollywood to cover right now, getting you ready for the Holly Weird week to come, and maybe we'll change that to the world weird week to come, because god what a time we are all living in this is mmo weekly mike mike and oscar weekly hashtag mmo weekly hashtag mmow i am your co-host mike one from my humble abode and in his humble abode himself my co-host also mike also mike here and yeah i think uh reality's starting
1: to kick in this is only day five <laughs> and a uh, day five of at least my quarantine my self-quarantine last friday was my day one and there's been, like, something to do every day until today. Mm-hmm. Like, today is the first time where I'm like, I don't have the start of NFL Free Agency or I don't have UFC or I don't have this movie that to study or that movie to study. <laughs> I don't – I mean, if not for this podcast, I would be – losing my wigwam (laughs) so thank you for staying on schedule with me michael and uh i'm really glad to be here thank
0: god i was driving around last night and it was surreal absolutely surreal to see like nobody's out i drove past my movie theater 7 p.m on a monday it's dark it looks like a ghost town everywhere i mean this is I keep making joke, but each passing day, it feels more and more serious that we're living in the beginning of The Walking Dead. This is it. This is going to be it for all of us. And that's about the tenor and the tone of this episode that we can talk about the coronavirus <laughs> with. But the coronavirus, obviously, its impact on the entertainment industry. Uh, there is no other news of the week because this is the news not only of the entertainment sphere, but also of the political sphere, of every sphere. I mean, we hope you're all healthy and quarantined and being smart and safe about this. We're going to try to provide you some entertainment and some news and some information in this show, but let's start with our News of the Week segment here. News, 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 news,
1: So NBC universal is going to make their theatrical releases available on video on demand. Uh, it it was referenced that Comcast is, is I think owns universal and you know, they are partnering up in in many ways, but I think it's going to be available widely on any cable company or any uh, streaming VOD option that you may have the hunt, The Invisible Man and Emma, which is Focus Features that is owned by Universal. Those are the three that have been uh, made note of right this minute for this Friday. Trolls World Tour, which was set to be released April 10th, is uh, the next kind of release that they mentioned. Candyman, June 12th, which scares me. I just saw that on their schedule of things that are on their slate. I, I wonder if this is going to work, but if I guess this is the time to test it, Mike.
0: Yeah, so you, you've hit at the major points here. It's not going to be for every scheduled movie, at least not every one thing that Universal has, and Universal's kind of the first one to take this plunge. It sounds like it's going to be done on a case-by-case basis. It opens up this plethora of uncertainty and questions that we have about what is going to be the movie industry when we come out of the other side of this. You know, what does this mean for the contracts with theaters? There's been this understanding between studios and theaters that there was a 90-day window in which that uh, studios would always wait to put their movies on VOD, and obviously Universal's jumping the gun. What does this mean for the nearest blockbuster that hasn't yet been moved? I think that right now is Black Widow, which is still on the schedule due to be released on May 1st. Obviously, that's not going to happen at least from what it seems right, right. now recording this on St. Patrick's Day so what's going to happen with that movie do they just push off all blockbusters or does one blockbuster actually get moved to VOD as kind of the the canary in the coal mine here i i don't know how theater chains react to this the ball is kind of in their court right now because I have to believe that the distribution and the kind of uh, non-compete clause was is a contractual obligation between studio and theater chain, that there it was not only an understanding, there was some kind of contractual obligation as to why studios would wait that three-month period between theatrical release and putting a movie on streaming, or VOD. So now, I guess, if the theater chains, if AMC, somebody with a lot of money behind them wanted to get all up in arms and get pissed off at the studios... Uh, they probably have the right to take this to court if they really wanted to kind of see where this goes or the contrary to that. They could try to find a way to work in concert with uh, with the studios, because I have to believe, Mike, that this is the way of the future for the film industry. I I I, I said in our, our quarantine watch list, when we're looking at five things uh, to kind of our wish list. Something big is going to change as a result of this out of necessity, and there's going to be a big change to the industry. I wonder if this is kind of the first of it. Maybe we're going to enter this new world where new releases get put on VOD as an option for $20 and $25. You actually uh, pontificated this and, and guessed this yourself. I have the AMCA list, so I'm wondering if AMC
1: is actually going to make, like, one of these rentals available to me paying for my subscription. Interesting. At- I think it makes some sense, right? I mean, yeah. I should be able to use my subscription for something. It's 25 bucks a month. I wonder if, like you said, that uh, the distributors pushed for this and, and pushed to include some of these bigger chains. Somehow they get a cut there's a deal in place I don't think NBC Universal would have taken this lightly and just said all right we got to do this you know litigation be damned
0: well so- the, I mean it's easy for it's easiest I should say for Universal and NBC to do because they have they own Comcast or vice mm-hmm. versa however that business structure is set up so they have the in-house capability they have a streaming service of their own they don't have to pay any kind of licensing fee to anyone it's that this is our movie that our movie branch Universal made we could put it on VOD through Comcast so cable subscribers can have access to it. So there's no jumping through legal hoops in that way. So it makes sense that Universal is at least the first one to dip their toe in this water. I just wonder what the ramifications are going to be for other studios. Like A24, what are they going to do with St. Maud? Are they going to, uh, They they have to pay, I would think, to get that on a streaming service or on some kind of VOD platform. Do they have the funds to do this? Are they just going to take the marketing loss and move all their films and not worry about VOD? Interesting times. They just said they're going to move first cow. So that makes
1: me suspect that they're also going to move St. Maud yeah. and, and not try and do this, uh, you know, $20 rental kind of, you know, theater night at home thing. I, we got to come up with a catchy name for it at some point. But uh, I I think uh, I think this is going to be the test bubble. We're going to we're going to know because everybody's at home. We're going to know if this works. Right. when more of these movies come out or less of them come out. I mean, Maybe a few of them do well, and they try to piggyback on that route. But we already have some comp- competing models here, Mike, because Warner Brothers, instead of taking The Gentleman and, and Birds of Prey, uh, which were in theaters much like Invisible Man, which was earlier on its run, or much like The Hunt or Emma, which were expanding or really in their their sweet spot, you know, The Gentleman and, and Birds of Prey, they're on the tail end of their run, Still, they are going to just bump up their, you know, rental purchase Blu-ray schedule and basically put The Gentleman on Video On Demand and Birds of Prey on Video On Demand for $20 to purchase months in advance instead of, you know, running out the clock on their 90-day contract, their three-month contract there. They're basically going to push that all up. And hoping that on the you know, in the, t- the tail of their marketing campaigns, they think that people might be more interested in, in in renting these or or buying these at home just earlier than they would have on the
0: normal schedule. So I think that's smart. Uh, I, I think studios, major studios, have to be kind of desperate at this point to put their head above this coronavirus water and try to get some sort of revenue uh, coming into them during this time of uncertainty. So I think waiving that grace period and putting things right on VOD is one way to do that. The question I have about all of this, this $20 stay at home, bring your friends over thing. Isn't that exactly counterproductive to what we're supposed to be practicing with social distancing right now? I understand 20 bucks, you want to see it with your spouse who you're quarantined in with or your family who you're quarantined in with. Yeah, that maybe it'll pay for itself anyway, or maybe if you divide it between how many people are going to see it, it'll be cheaper than a night at the movies anyway. But like the idea that you're going to have these basically pay-per-view events where you're going to invite your friends over, I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense.
1: I don't think there's any way... To stop like high school kids from getting together with six people with 10 people and and doing something yeah. i think i think my brother daniel he he's still going out every other night every night and just hanging with a few friends i mean he told me it's almost like because he's in college now he told me it's like his high school days all over again yeah. this is the life he's supposed he's forced to live <laughs> and it's unfortunate and he's very sad about it i'm he sorry in daniel. college He would be in college living the good life right now. And that was the best life, as you and I both know it. It sure was. So, I mean, I think you're going to get some of that where, you know, a group of five kids, and that's better than a group of 25 people and probably a regular screening of something at the movie theater. It's less contagious. But I think, like you said at the beginning, I think in most cases, this is just a normal family buying it. Uh, A husband and wife, one or two people. I think that's the case here. And I think you, you have to put the price point at something where it is, it is a deal because you have all the competing uh, options. You have your $10 or your $15 a month subscription service. I mean, why wouldn't people pick frozen two over trolls world tour? You know, if you have kids, why wouldn't you pick like you and I, why wouldn't we pick blow the man down or the banker instead of the hunt right you know d- d- right now I-, I don't know how you feel about it right now i don't think i'm buying any of those 20 dollars options i've already seen the invisible man and emma which were both very very good so if you're gonna get one i would say one of those two are, are you going to go for- in for one
0: of these you know the hunt intrigues me but i'd probably wait uh, the Invisible Man is the only one I might take the, the dive in and, and we'll see if that actually happens. But again, to me, we talked about this, the sticker shock to me, if I'm the only one buying it and I'm the only one watching it, it, it the price excludes me. and, and yeah. I, It doesn't give me a deal because I were my Podunk Theater open, which it no longer is, I could go watch these new in theaters on the big screen for eight bucks. So you're talking about some kind of, you know. markup for me so it's just not worth it financially I know I'm in the minority but that's how I view it so probably not I fear for your wallet personally because if this becomes the new norm and I know how stir crazy you get and how like cinephilic you are if this is the new norm and they just put every new movie on VOD for 20 bucks you're, you're, you're gonna be bankrupt well, I'll tell you the
1: truth. If they put Saint Maud out there, if A Quiet Place Two was released like this, if Black Widow was available right. like this, that's sixty bucks. Right, that's, <laughs> it's leaving my wallet. On those You're
0: gonna Friday, be penniless. You're nights. gonna end up like on the street.
1: And, and that hurts me because I'm used to spending essentially $25 a month. Right. Maybe a few specialty screenings at my indie house to support, you know, your podunk theater or something. So right. So I'm basically spending $50 a month on movie watching, maybe $60. i am not used to spending $60 in a week and a half, which is I, what I probably do here. Right. Uh, I, I'd be
0: spending more like... Uh, 140 a month to i mean this totally honest this plan helps people in big metro areas like i i know going to see a movie in the city you're basically you're manhattan you're talking like 20 bucks a ticket anyway 17 right. 18 dollars a ticket anyway so i i get that there is a, a deal worked into this but for people like you and me this is dangerous <laughs> This is not good. I'm not happy about it. I'm still thinking
1: we go forward with our quarantine collection where we kind of you know, take a smattering of all of the streaming options that we're already paying for that I'm somehow neglecting to tally up in my brain like the big picture was talking about this morning. No, you can't do that. You
0: can't do that to yourself. You cannot add that kind of misery onto yourself and that financial stress. Worry about one thing at a time.
1: Yeah, but you're not... You're not tallying the five dollars for Apple, Plus, the the uh, 18 dollars or whatever, right? So basically, this is an obvious expenditure, and at least the first wave, like this weekend, I'll probably abstain because I saw two out of the three movies. I'll abstain right. on the hunt for 20 bucks, and I don't think we'll necessarily review that. But again, if they put those other movies out the following weekends. I'm I'm definitely going to buy it
0: 100%. Yeah, I I I'm sure you're not in the minority there, but speaking of movies and places that you can no longer see them. We got a bunch of more closings that I guess is proper because you need to cut down on these crowds gathering. We have Connecticut, New Jersey, New York all closing theaters. LA theaters are closing as well. AMC closing, uh the Regal chain, they tried both of those chains tried doing 50% capacity that lasted for a day or two and now they're closing right. down. All the theaters are going to close.
1: It's just going to happen. It's happening in other countries. There'll be a a dictum at some point that says they're all closed. There'll be a a a restaurant closure across the country at some point. It's happening. We now know it's happening. We now see what the movie industry and how they're going to react with these various price plans. I do think uh, it is possible that they can cut into the projected loss with some of these VOD options I wonder if it hurts them on the back end like if you put the gentleman out early then that's a window th- you know usually 3 months after its release you get people buying the you know those movies On Blu-ray that's another window where it's your your movie's hot to buy We we do we review it all the time you're basically just pushing that window up and you're cutting out a window in your house of money making this is a terrible metaphor but that's true you're you're not helping yourself that much you have some notoriety for the new option you have uh, I think a closer marketing campaign where people were like oh the gentleman right right Birds of Prey, oh, I wanted to see that and then I never did and now I will because it's $20 and me and my, you know, two friends or me and my significant other can watch it. I just, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if we should root for it either. I mean, I think... I think we should root for the studios making up some money. I think we should root for the day, and I can't wait for it when you and I can go back to the movies, arm in arm, popcorn <laughs> via popcorn. And, and I, I'm going to buy so much popcorn. I can't wait for that day.
0: That I mean, I guess that's the question. And you can you could extrapolate this not only for the entertain or the movie industry, but for any kind of industry right now. Casinos are shutting down. Small airlines are in a lot of trouble. I. I Everybody's asking for a government handout from this, which I guess is to be expected, but something's got to give across the board. I don't know what you do in this circumstance. I don't know what the answer is, but we're going to see a radical shift in how a lot of business is done thanks to this shutdown, because if everything's down for multiple weeks, multiple months, something's got to happen. We can't just lose these industries left and right because of this illness and this disease going around, and I don't know what the end game is for movies specifically. Cause if you take the CDC and the president's warning as gospel right now, which says eight weeks, don't get in crowds of more than 10 people for the next eight weeks. Yeah. So when do we get back to normalcy? Does, I mean, or is this the new normal? Like when do we get the chance to go back into theaters? When are studios okay with putting pictures into theaters again, because they're sure that an audience will come and won't be scared and at home and in self quarantine. It's going to be at least eight weeks. Does it go three months? Does it go six months? I mean, if you're talking that long, something's gotta give something needs to change to save the industry.
1: Like you, I've been studying what's been happening in China and South Korea and Italy and Iran and where it's hit the worst and where it's hit the most. And you know, you look at those quote unquote models and they scare the shit out of you and you're like, all right, this is three months. And and in China it's like two, three months until they started to at least Come get the numbers to go down they're, they're still not back to normal but at least the numbers are going down again I wonder on a hopeful note if there is a vaccine and a treatment that is accepted by everybody that does work I wonder if that changes the game for the United States of America uh, I I hope that's the case like you get a vaccine out there and then things can kind of turn you know turn back to normal
0: again because everybody's taking the vaccine yeah, I mean, that's that's the hope. And I'm sure there's people much smarter than us in the medical and science fields working around the clock trying to figure that exact thing out right now. Because, I mean, there are, there are whole industries that I genuinely have fear for that may never be able to recover from this. And I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think of it as like... Do you, from the federal level, do you just tell people to not submit taxes? Do you tell people to do you give out tax credits across the board to different industries? I don't know what the answer is. I mean, this is this is crazy.
1: It's crazy because the recession is coming. Yeah, or depression is coming. We're we're watching the stock market get crushed, and and yeah, that's that's really scary. Although the stock market had a good day last Friday after having a terrible day last Thursday. I don't understand stock markets. I really don't. I'm glad I got out of the financial uh, financial markets there myself. But uh, I, I guess you know I, I would need money to be in there, so <laughs> right? The first casualties of this are probably guys
0: like you and me. <laughs> when you're when you're shelling out sixty bucks a week on new movies on VOD out of boredom, you don't gotta worry about stocks. I don't think. We should be the most afraid, but that hasn't hit me
1: yet. I don't know if there's a cycle, a psychological cycle of how we go and handle these things, but I'm already adjusting to my binge watching and all that. But uh, we do have some audience interaction on this. You put out a couple Twitter Twitter questions and our audience kind of uh, weighed in on a few of these topics. Uh, the cinema guys at the cinema guys, they said, you know, good on Universal. Why not test the market with premium rentals? And I think I agree. I think this is a good time to test it.
0: Yeah. It's like I, I, I go back to the legal action. That's the lawyer in me. I mean, if if movie chains are OK with this, then. I think it's in everyone's interest for movie chains to figure out a way to get a piece of this pie rather than fight the pie going off their table. So, But the the, why not test the market, The the easy answer to that is contractual obligations with theater chains right now. Um, i'm just it. picturing a pie falling off the table and and you not fighting it you
1: just <laughs> you just gritting your teeth and not going after it with a lunge
0: depends on what's in the pie if it's mince meat that shit can go on the floor i had zoodles for the first time in my life last night no. mike zucchini noodles that shit is shoe leather that shit oh. can get the fuck away from me forever just eat the carbs health is not worth that taste i'm sorry I am so not on a diet right now. That's the one thing I can't
1: can't even think about. I'm not even feeling guilty about it yet. Again, this might be week four, or week five of this quarantine. We'll start to feel guilty about the you know the quarantine twenty that I put on. Yes,
0: I think we, as as a nation we just need to all agree that like we're gonna come out of this twenty to twenty five pounds heavier. Each and we just need to say that's that's the new normal as yeah. far as like the body mass goes. Colby Mac at Colby told me bad news for some, but this is actually good news. Universal Death takes a hit, but if the math works, they could be onto something, and that's kind of what we've been talking about. We happen to agree with that sentiment. Yeah, they just need to
1: cut into the losses at right. this point. If they're not going to re-release stuff later into a crowded field, when hopefully life gets back to normal. Uh, so yeah, I agree with that. Goc's movies at Goc's M. He said that uh, yeah, the end of cinema as we know it. And I think, I think you know, the big picture guys were talking about it too. They're talking about this
0: probably changing cinema forever. It has to. It. Ha- I don't see a way it doesn't. You can't once you give everybody something. You can never take it back. And this is why social security and all all these social programs uh, work. And and even they they reach across the aisle because it's very, very hard to give someone something and then ask that person to give it back. So there's two variables, I think.
1: Variable number one is what if this doesn't work? What if this falls flat and nobody goes in for it? They're like, no, we're going to stream this for X amount of money instead of buying this for the $20 price point. So if it doesn't work, they won't do this again because if it doesn't work now, it's never going to work, right? Cuz everybody's at home, stuck at home, and well, you have the demand.
0: Yeah, it depends on I would my answer to this knowing nothing and I'm certainly not an expert. My the first thought I had was it would depend on how long this virus still goes. So if it, if this flops, but there's no end in sight for this virus, my first thought is that's when Apple and Netflixes of the world swoop in and try to make deals with these studios as first release and have arms of release. So now you may have like okay. a, a not Universal because Universal already has their streaming option, but like an A twenty four Netflix partnership could could be in the future. Something like that.
1: You know, it's possible. If 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 the smaller companies get in trouble, they're going to start getting bought up by the by the bigger companies. There's no question about it. And if they see an opportunity, that could happen. In terms of this particular practice, though, like movie going is going to totally change because the coronavirus. I don't know. Necessarily, if uh, if this works, I honestly don't know. And I said before, the demand is there. I don't know if the demand is there. The supply is obvious. Yeah. And if there's no upside on the, putting the supply later in the year, or if there if there's more downside than upside, or if there's no downside to at least trying this right now for Universal because they're vertically integrated as a business or mm-hmm. whatever. If this doesn't work, though now of all times they're not gonna try it again when we come back to normal so i don't know if it changes movie going for the foreseeable future we might be all super duper thrilled to
0: go back to the movies i'm sure we're going to be this could be marty scorsese's worst nightmare we may not get any mid-budget low-budget movies from studios anymore it may just be all blockbusters that they know they can make bank with yeah but again i just don't know if it's gonna change that much
1: i don't know i if the movie theaters were reopened because the world is back on its feet again Mm -hmm. i'm going to see never rarely sometimes always and i think a lot of people would i'm gonna go see you know saint maud Uh, i mean i think a lot of people yeah
0: i I don't disagree with that my my way i'm looking at it is if those studios can survive this i mean if this goes for four or five months yeah everybody's gonna take up such a financial loss that we're gonna see this the dissolution or uh, a buying by a bigger studio now you're, you're probably right in that regard I think we're both kind of yeah.
1: saying op- opposing arguments that somehow agree are both true and they're it's both very negative the world is and-
0: a sad lonely desolate spaceship. <laughs>
1: Merck with a movie blog at movie blog Merck. He says, part of me hopes we'll see studios start dropping their lower budget indie films day and date for rental on streaming, particularly those that don't get wide releases. Could be a boom for indie film. And this is what I was just hoping for. I would buy those. And in this scenario, I, I do think... Things would change. And I, I think you would go more towards your model where the big movie theaters, the one that survive, just play the, the hits, just play the big ones. And then we get more indie films, $20 every Friday.
0: Would you pay 20 bucks to see Never Rarely Sometimes Always in Your Home?
1: I, I would. Yeah. I mean, I am a sucker for those movies. I mean... We were just talking about in the pre-production, if that happens, we probably do an Oscar Sprint profile right. for that particular movie. It's going to be a case-by-case basis, I guess, but we would ante up in this case. I would really love to just have it on my AMC subscription and be able to use their app and watch it that way. Like, give me one a week. One. <laughs> You don't have to give me three three a week like you had for the you know the theater going, but the one-a-week rental, like that would really help me right now.
0: Yeah, well, you could be. Uh, it's, uh, I'm very fascinated to see what comes of this. Ryan L. Terry at RL Terry 1. Hybrid first-run releases. Many, if not most, will continue to be released properly in a cinema, but shortly thereafter they will be VOD for a higher cost compared to a single movie ticket. Then, after a number of weeks, will hit streaming services at no additional cost. That makes a lot of sense, too. Nobody's really said anything that I vehemently disagree with. I just am in this, like, every response I have is like, yeah, I could see that. There's definitely going to be an array of
1: things attempted yeah. during this two months if it is in fact two months and that could be yeah something in between what we already have now we we basically have like the direct to video releases or the releases only in a few theaters they're out there for eight ninety nine right now like Swallow, Blood on Her Name, right. two that I've almost bought a couple different times I think they're actually they went down to six dollars but you can like I did it uh last week with the Billy Crystal movie right and or two weeks ago um, how long have we been in this house? <laughs> Mike, I, I did it a while uh, ago, and I was happy to pay that $9. Right. And it's probably something else that I don't really tally up. I'll just do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay it it later. But I I think, you know, could we get like a $13 option, a $15 option? Of course we could. So I I get that rationale by Ryan L. Terry. Uh, Adam, at hello underscore Adam with the two Ms. He said, my last five or six theater experiences have been shit because of the audience not realize they're they're not in their living rooms, i.e. talking, texting, etc. So at this point, I say, fuck it. I hope studios go dive headfirst into home releasing and streaming. I'll pay more to not deal with others. Oh, my God. Well, I wanted to give him the the shout out there because uh, it's a negative Uh, counterpoint but it's uh, I'm sure what some people are thinking
0: well at this point especially I mean the one thing we're learning from this coronavirus is just to have even more of a distrust and disdain for your fellow man (laughs) It's like stay the hell away from me don't talk to me don't open your mouth don't shake my hand leave me alone I hope you're doing well uh the gorilla brain podcast at gorilla brain pod says it's a good and a bad thing theater going can be a great experience but it's more convenient to stay at home sometimes that's the obvious yeah i mean i think they the idea and the ideal is to take what's best from all these worlds and try to find this happy medium and like you said i think there's going to be a lot of options tried and uh trying to find that place yeah and we're about to uh
1: discuss some more of those options right now do you care
0: This is the Do You Care segment. This is where we take other news stories of the week and we ask each other, do we, should we, or will we care about them? The way we start every Do You Care segment is, I asked Michael here, dear, sweet, quarantined, lonely, sad, probably wearing an HVAC suit, Michael. That Michael yeah. <laughs> about this Fatter. week's this week's new releases? Uh, we don't have any in theaters because, of course, we don't. So let's go ahead and look at the uh, the streaming options here. We already talked about what NBC Universal is doing. We have The Invisible Man, The Hunt, and Emma. Those are available on March 20th for 48 hour rentals. But as far as other streaming options on Amazon Prime, coming March 20th, we have Blow the Man Down on Netflix. We have Ultras. Uh, also have the Platform and Tiger
1: King. So I think Blow the Man Down is something we're considering a, a review on because it's gotten great Metascore, 76. It's it's I think it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Last time I checked, it's about sisters covering up a crime. It would be a cool thing for us to do in our quarantine collection because it would be the Amazon Prime entry into it. So we're kind of excited yeah. to, to look at it. Uh, female director, uh, I think it's a cool indie movie that I would probably splurge for in one of these models if it wasn't available for free on Prime so we're thinking about that. Ultras is about an Italian soccer coach uh, and a team in uh, Naples so I'm curious I don't know if I'll I'll jump on it immediately. The platform I've been shamed and guilted and uh, embarrassed because I stuck my foot in (laughs) my mouth about
0: the platform
1: Uh, but the Goya Awards, they they haven't been picking the greatest movies over the years. I'm
0: excited for the platform I'm looking forward to it
1: I think I will watch it. It's a Spanish sci-fi movie. It won a Goya Award for VFX. I think I will watch it on Netflix this coming weekend. And then Tiger King looks like an outlandish documentary series, a true crime series. It's about a rivalry between big cat eccentrics that takes a dark turn when Joe Exotic, a controversial Animal Park boss, is caught in a murder-for-hire plot, Michael.
0: If you owned a zoo... And you had to contract one large animal to be your assassin. Which one are you going for?
1: The guy with the obvious blonde dye in the hair. (laughs) Like in the beard that is bright brown. No, no, looks- no. But
0: like if you had to take an animal, right? Like you had a lion assassin, you had a tiger oh. assassin, you had a grizzly bear assassin. I which we We're talking about human assassin. No, fuck no, okay. humans. We're all screwed. <laughs> the animal kingdom is where it's at. Which animal are you going for? Oh
1: boy. Well, I mean, tiger's probably the most efficient. Lions or tigers, right? Cheetahs. Like just, all right, th- whoops, the t- cheetah got out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i screwed up oopsie doopsie you know they're pretty dangerous in real life i don't know where this accent's coming from but i think uh, uh like a, a chimp or a hippo oh like those those animals wouldn't be expected yeah So if somebody was ex- half expecting me to try and kill them with a with a exotic animal then i would say maybe like a chimp and just yeah but that, all of this is terrible and scary. I don't want to do any. What, what would you pick? I don't want to know the answer, though.
0: I would. My first inclination is to go the poisonous reptile route, but I'm terrified of snakes, so that could be its own comedy in and of itself, me that's, trying that, to get the snake out of the hole but being terrified of it.
1: That's probably the least dangerous option for... Uh, for someone who's a snake handler, but that doesn't want like a mass, you know, Jurassic Park situation, yeah, right. Uh, Just go go better. the
0: Bill, kill Bill route with the black mamba and the briefcase. Exactly, yeah. but
1: uh, you know, Hulu put out Big Time Adolescence. Disney Plus put out Frozen Two. We both watched. Or I, I watched Frozen Two. I'm going to talk about it later. Big Time Adolescence we reviewed. Apple Plus is putting out The Banker, which I think we are going to review, Michael. Yeah, we're excited about that movie from the trailers, even though the controversy kind of. Put a, a down note on that. Uh, VOD, we just reviewed this trailer last week. Seven Stages to Eternal Blitz, the uh, the Taika Waititi movie, is coming out on the seventeenth, which is oh, which is today. Uh, are you gonna rent that for like eight, nine dollars?
0: Yeah, I think I will. I mean, I I found it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm more of the target audience, I think, than than you are because I found the humor in it. And you thought you did not think <laughs> it was funny at all. So uh, I I probably will give it a look. The bathtub, the genius. Bathtub. I mean, it's just so funny. That's <laughs> like you just don't want blood. You could kill yourself in my bathtub, but just don't spray blood everywhere. I fear
1: that that's one of those movies where you laugh for like the first thirty minutes, and then the end is just excruciating. That's Most, what I fear. yeah, likely, likely. <laughs> I don't know if I had that tolerance for that amount of awkward. <laughs> but The Rise of Skywalker finally debuted early on digital digital via iTunes and Vudu, so you can buy that one out there. So well, if you want to us... be
0: even more depressed during your quarantine, <laughs> you can watch The Rise of Skywalker. Right.
1: All right. Well, I did want to ask you about the state of the sports world. WrestleMania is going forward. UFC is not. The NFL Draft canceling most of its festivities, but they're going to be live. What do you think – about wrestlemania going fanless going in smaller arenas here their training facilities apparently while the world is shut down
0: i'm shocked i'm i'm absolutely shocked that that vince mcmahon and the wwe is punting on that revenue stream because it brings in tens of millions of dollars just basically for a week-long event especially with the the culmination being the sunday night uh fair and i thought sure they would try to move this first before just basically saying we're going to hold it in front of nobody they've had their last couple shows i was going to talk about it and what we're watching i can just say it now they've had their last couple shows the last raw last monday night yesterday as we're recording this and the last smackdown last friday night both were held at the performance center in front of no fans it's been there's been some highlights. There's been some stuff that's been really cool. There's been some stuff that's been incredibly awkward about watching it. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin came out to end the night on Raw uh, Monday night. And he was just like doing a stand-up comedy show. But nobody was laughing because there's nobody there. And it was just really, really weird. Uh, they've been replaying old matches to kind of get through the bulk of their shows. Which I don't know how long they can keep that up. if Because they have to fill se- seven hours of... Cable programming every week, so I I'm shocked. I'm concerned. Uh, I it's going to be again. I stand by when Vince McMahon is back into a corner. Usually that's when he does his best work. So I'm waiting to see that come to fruition. But this is going to be interesting. It's an interesting time for a uh, sports entertainment fan out there. No question.
1: Yeah, I was surprised to see them going forward with it, and that's strange how they're how they're actually doing it. With uh I get I guess you don't realize how much of their particular show is non in the ring wrestling related until
0: now because you can't do it that all that other stuff the same way yeah no it's a totally different ball game i mean there's there's the matches are even paced differently because usually you lay out and you let the audience get into it and they can't do that if there's no audience obviously so they have to there's different pacing and it, it is bizarre i mean everything's bizarre right now i understand but as a wrestling fan who's been watching this crap for 30 years it's truly one of the more bizarre things i've ever seen
1: yeah i wonder i wonder how they're gonna uh adapt as as it goes along i mean they're smart enough they know their product well enough to where they'll start to figure out what's working and what's not i mean they almost need like test audiences at home to weigh in they almost need to monitor twitter or something
0: yeah, what's they they do a decent, I mean, they, uh, they send out ser- fan surveys, they always have done that to like, you know, their, their HR or whoever gathers up intel on people, and I know because I'm on one of the mailing lists, and so they send you surveys and they ask for your opinion, mm-hmm. so I know there's that kind of accounting going on, but I, I, you would think the ratings are going to go up because they're one of the only live events that are still going forward, and people are trapped in their homes anyway, and people are desperate for live content, So I'm not going to lie. I may watch one of these. Right. I mean, that's what I'm (laughs) I'm serious. Like, that's what it's getting to. There's nothing on TV at night anymore. So it could be a big opportunity for them. But they got to get this kind of uh, show figured out because they certainly don't have a handle on it yet. Like, if you told me there was a big Smackdown, there's a great
1: match coming up on Smackdown. I'm legitimately excited for it. I might do it. (laughs) I might actually break my streak of not watching wrestling and do it getting to that
0: point i can't wait to see you dive head first and become a full-fledged fan again all right is
1: paul Bear still there he was my favorite he passed
0: away a couple years Uh, ago unfortunately (laughs)
1: yes
0: he would be crushing it right now (laughs) mike there was an oscar story before the quarantine hit that we did happen to miss scott feinberg reported that the academy met a week ago and they are considering going back to a host filled show Yeah, Mr. Feinberg mentioned that
1: the uh, analysis that everybody had, you know, yelled from the rooftops two years ago about the ratings boost working because there was no host. That's been kind of a reattributed now. It's been reattributed to there being many big-name movies in contention two years ago. It's been reattributed to people wanting to watch the year after Moonlight or the year after the the big uh, b- bombing telecast where you can't look away from this disaster kind of deal a yeah. uh, couple years after that. So they're basically... They're basically saying that the hostless model is not the reason for the ratings bump of two years ago, which I think we were saying yeah for, for a while as well. Uh, I do think this is going to add some more pressure for whoever's going to host this. Uh, I think the fact that, I mean, this was inevitable, but you better get someone uh, who's going to be able to perform all night. Who's you better write a great show for them. I mean, it's it's not always on the performer. Like you, you have to write some great jokes, and I hope people are taking advantage of this quarantine and writing a lot of good Oscar jokes ahead of schedule. Because that, whoever's going to host this thing, whether it's uh, Janelle Monae or whether it's Steve Martin, anywhere, anybody, they're really going to have to have a great show and put on a, a hell of a performance. Because you, you could see, you could see the news stories. If the, if the oh, ratings yeah. go only go up a tick, they're going to be like, well. You know, Steve Martin's only worth this amount. I mean, you could see all the <laughs> snotty news stories. Yeah, it'd better
0: with no host. You could always see that coming. Yeah. So they're really going to have to knock it out of the park. I've said for a while that I think they, they, media and social media has turned this gig into an absolutely thankless job. I don't know why anyone would want it. I get the exposure, but you get torn apart and anything you've ever posted online gets taken the wrong way and out of context. Um And also it's going to be really awkward this Oscars when we're like handing the best actor award to Pete Davidson for big time adolescence, because that's one of four films that are in contention because everything else has been canceled and moved. He was really
1: good. I would say he should be in supporting actor. Is that what you said? I said lead. It's that dire in my head. I could like I put him in my supporting actor list. I would be honest with you. I thought he was that good. Well, why not? There's nothing else to compete with right now. But right, there's nothing else to do. So you have to do. I want him on the list. I want to mention him later in the year. Remember when it was only him? Anyway, uh, Mike, there's some film business rumors, and you kind of already quashed this earlier in the show. Apple could acquire Disney during a stock drop did you quash this no no you actually actually went against your quash that you're about to do because you said like you think there's going to be bigger companies eating smaller companies is this possible? Do you yeah. think Apple could acquire Disney?
0: I think there's bigger companies that could acquire smaller companies. I don't think there's a titan that's going to take over a god. You know, like, I don't think that makes any sense. And it makes no I mean, this is bullshit to me, but I'm also not on the inside of the industry, so who knows? It just makes no sense that Bob Iger would make this big deal about stepping down and naming a replacement and, you know, getting all his affairs in order and saying his goodbyes. But on his way out, he's going to undermine all of that completely and try to work this giant sale to Apple in the interim that doesn't well, make any sense to me
1: they have some connections they have some crossover with their companies I would imagine because well I mean Steve Pixar Jobs and Steve were, Jobs yeah. right of course so I, I think it maybe you know they have some connection there but I hope not man I can't take any
0: more monumental world-changing news right now <laughs> I just can't do it <laughs> well that's the other thing it doesn't make I, I just don't think it makes any sense this story it makes so little sense that if I were looking at it as a gambling line, I'd think somebody knows something, so that's why I'm a little hesitant. Like this doesn't just pop up out of nowhere because it seems so egregiously out of place and the wrong time for it. So maybe there is some legitimacy to it just for that reason. But on the surface, I, I don't think this makes any sense to happen right now. It would still be Disney selling
1: high or Disney getting taken over high, though, right? I mean, they're—I they're, don't know. I—I I would be shocked. I—I I would be shocked like you.
0: All right, we got a little more awards, uh, something that makes it feel a little sense of normalcy around these parts. The Razzies, they canceled their 40th award ceremony on Saturday, but they did put out a video of their winners, and this is going to shock you, Michael, but Cats did really, really well. Yeah, had won six of the ten worst
1: categories, <laughs> essentially, and it won six of their eight noms. Worst Picture, James Corden, Rebel Wilson, Tom Hooper, Uh, worst screen combo was as follows. Two half feline comma half human (laughs) hairballs. nailed so, it yeah i would like to see like rafael esparza's coverage that's what i'm gonna have to go and go back right i missed that <laughs> as a well, rafael we'll have to check out your coverage how do i wonder how the prop bets do you know hit us up on social media but uh the only awards that didn't go to cats were john travolta worst act- actor and hillary duff worst actress i feel like
0: it's a big missed opportunity that john travolta didn't at least get a cameo in cats that really, really would have put the full circle the full like stink on that product can you imagine if he was
1: doing, like, 1970s, 80s dance moves? Hey, I'm a cat! Ah,
0: <laughs> Oh, my God! <laughs> Meow!
1: That would be so bad. <laughs> so bad. It's even bad to do an impersonation of it. I, oh, I missed. I'm sorry. Rambo, Last Blood. Uh, <laughs> that one, rip-off or sequel... And, and then it won Worst Regard for Human Life and Public Property.
0: <laughs> Sounds right, which no doubt this year will go to the coronavirus, so that's the level that Rambo Last Blood is uh-huh. seen on. Uh, but, but we did have a story of redemption, right? The Razzie Redeemer Award went to Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name. Good. I like that.
1: Good. Good. So I guess they have a a bright spot in their award show, which is which is funny, by the way. Let's let's be honest. This is funny. Like the fanatic is probably terrible. The haunting of Sharon Tate is probably terrible. We know cats is terrible. Yes, we do.
0: And we have an episode telling you as much if you want to go back and kill a half hour and just listen to me mumble and groan my way through a review exactly exactly exactly
1: so i I care about the razzies i'm glad they were able to to get their awards out there i'm sad that they didn't have their award show but uh hopefully next year we still have a world michael (laughs) yes we have a harvey weinstein update and it's actually good news for a change harvey weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison
0: yeah of course i care about this and i could never be happier to be so wrong about something and the state of new york My God, do they not fuck around when it comes to setting an example. When they get a celebrity nailed dead to rights, holding the smoking gun figuratively, if there's enough evidence with whatever the criminal charges, they seem to say, whatever your previous criminal record and whatever charitable history you have, none of that matters because we're going to make an example out of you because of your platform to make sure that we try to stop this as much as we can.
1: Well, you did mention in the last episode that they threw the book at uh, the New York Giants wide receiver Plaxico Burris mm-hmm. years and years ago for the gun thing where he shot himself in the leg by accident at the club. So this is – it has some precedent, I, w- I, I would say, uh, for the, the New York throwing the book at somebody in a high-profile case so that like uh, – you kind of called that much,
0: yeah, I mean, I that was out there, and that was obvious there was new York doesn't fuck around essentially, they want to set an example, they want to set precedent, and they want to kind of inhibit these. I am actually i mean if you have that much evidence if the case has been made. Yeah, the guy's guilty of all this shit. Of course he should have the th- the book thrown at him. He's a monster. This is a pattern of repetitious behavior, so I'm happy to see that. His plea to the court during sentencing was basically, yeah. I'm worried about the power my sentencing is going to give the Me Too movement. I actually don't think that's an unfounded debate as a concern. I'm much more willing to listen to it, though, in a conversation that doesn't have Harvey Weinstein pitching it for leniency's sake on his sentencing for being a horrible sexual predator. I think there's a conversation to be had outside of this Weinstein debate with what's going on with the Me Too and kind of mob mentality being the judge and jury as far as the public sphere goes. But look, as far as Harvey Weinstein's concerned, I know this is grim to ask, Mike, but the world's ending anyway, so I feel less bad about asking it. He's dying, right? I mean he was already rushed to the hospital soon after this so he, there's no way he lasts long in prison he's going to kick the bucket isn't he well this 23 year sentence means means he's going to serve
1: how much of it he's going to serve 11 years he's 67 he's got a lot of health problems so that puts him you know around 77 80 somewhere in there
0: how, how long does he have to serve do you think? Oh, it's probably suspended. A, the longer it is, the longer you serve. So, obviously, it's not always cut in half. So, it's probably suspended okay. after 16 or so. So, maybe he ends up serving good behavior. Maybe he ends up serving 13, 14 years if he goes the full sentence. Wow. So, yeah, no, he's, he's looking at the, almost the rest of his life, most likely. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think, generally in this, I, I think of Joe Paterno too, and I know this is a totally different case, and one guy was actually doing the abusing, and one guy was just covering it up, which is both gross, but, uh, you know, Joe Paterno, he basically had his life swept out from under him, and he kicks the bucket a few months later, I, I just think guys of this prestige, when they're disgraced in this fashion, they tend to, at least in my mind, I could be totally wrong, but they just tend to not last very long being uh, being living as disgraced human beings.
1: Well, I mean, there's been headlines on all the trades. Like, he's in this hospital, he's in yeah. that hospital. I think he's currently
0: having a lot of health issues, yeah. so I have no idea. Uh, all right. Well, good for New York. Good for the state of New York. And hopefully, like I said last last time we talked about this, I hope this does bring closure to uh, so many of those victims. Yes, or at least some definitely. form of closure. Uh, we do have some news on upcoming horror movies, some industry news here. Mike, Universal and Blumhouse are going to reboot Frankenstein and Dracula after seeing the success of The Invisible Man. Do we care about this reboot? Reboot like is a great word. It's a, I put the French
1: accent on it. <laughs> it's exciting because let's modernize the Frankenstein myth correctly for once. Like if you if you took the Invisible Man premise, not necessarily with the domestic abuse, but just the cool modern scientific layer, right? And the crazy you know tech CEO kind of guy in charge of it who's, like, really, really uh, a danger to society, yeah. and you made him Dr. Frankenstein. Like, I want to see that movie. So whatever else you tie into it is, is great, but I want to see that movie, and I want to see, like, Dracula, you know, done well. I, I don't want to see these as period pieces. I want to see these modernized as $8 million, uh, $10 million. Well, let's take a shot at making a horror movie for, for cheap. With Blumhouse and see if they can knock it out of the park like they've always done with just trusting their auteurs, their writers with great ideas.
0: What if the Frankenstein's monster updated for 2020, you have that genius, that Steve Jobs type character who becomes Dr. Frankenstein and his monster is something akin to the coronavirus? Oh. Uh, like that? You see that? That's anymore. relevant, baby. That's Oscar bait.
1: Well, look, I mean, there's going to be a lot of coronavirus movies coming out. Yes. I hope they. We make it to that future where they all come out, and we'll go look back and remember when. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not ready for that joke yet, Mike. I'm all not, right. Just not, I'll not wait a week. Yet. You have to wait at least another 48 hours till I'm on a different point in the cycle, I hope. Fair enough. Mike, uh, th- I've saved this movie uh, and this uh, story for last. Scream 5, last I looked, it was announced we have the directors
0: of Ready or Not. So... Uh, I'm very excited. I do care deeply about the Scream property. I'm going to say my stance on this is what I've said forever. You can make another Scream. But the ending of Scream 4 cannot be the ending for the original trilogy of main characters. If you're making another Scream movie, the diehard Scream fans that have followed this property since 1996, you have to give them a satisfactory and some sort of conclusion with the Sidney Prescott, Dewey, and Gale characters. You have to, I don't care if it's a stinger scene where they all die. I don't care if it's the first scene of the movie where some new slasher comes around and ends their life, like you want to do a Halloween resurrection type deal where that was attempted with Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't care. You have to give us some com- form of closure with these characters. Uh, I hope they do that. I, they, they, as of right now, uh, none of those three actors Courtney Cox, David Arquette, or Nev Campbell are linked to this property. Kevin Williams who's written uh, all but one of the screams for the most part uh, is going to be it sounds like he might be given a producer credit he's not really going to be involved with the writing of the script of this so i i hope this is in good hands and respectful hands and we're going to look fondly on the new scream reboot slash whatever this is in the same way we look at david gordon green's halloween sequel from 2018
1: so right now it doesn't seem like that's the case necessarily. Like it's, it's not obviously, you know, a storyline that they're committed to that's, that's out there. So you, you're basically, you want, you want this to be like Halloween and, and,
0: and Retcon. It doesn't a lot need of to of be exactly. It doesn't need to be exactly. I, you just need to tell us something about these characters. They need to be back, and they need to be have some screen time. And you just got to tell us what happens to them. Like put them on a flight to Cabo for Christ's sake. Sidney Prescott's mental state could use it. That's fine. And then start the number. But you got to give us something that's not the ending of Scream Four. Because the ending of Scream Four, I thought it was a decent ending, but it was a commentary on society. It had nothing to really do with the three main players that we've been with for decades.
1: Well, the premise reads at the moment, quote, they're going to follow a woman returning to her hometown to try to find out who is committing uh, a series of
0: vicious crimes. So that doesn't really tell us much. Unless so we don't Unless know. they want to do like the big reveal at the end of it is that one of the killers is Dewey or Gale or God forbid Sydney. I don't know how you would write that to make it believable to longtime fans, but I'd be OK with that. But you got, just give me something, damn it. I don't ask for much okay
1: well, i mean if you just want something even if it's a reboot you'll get yes. you'll get that it thank sounds you. like you're gonna
0: get that thank you let's talk about some trailer thoughts
1: Trailer thoughts.
0: all right couple trailers i don't know why because we're never seeing these these aren't going to be released in theaters but whatever we'll talk about it. mike jungle cruise had its second trailer the quarantine premise the rock and emily blunt are still alive and healthy I might give all of these trailers
1: rave reviews <laughs> because I'll just be so happy when we can finally see them in theaters, Michael.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's bleak times
1: I, right now. I was thinking about that for a hot minute, and then Jesse Plemons did that terrible accent.
0: Fire! He only had one word, to be fair. I read your notes before I watched the trailer. I thought he was going to have like a for monologue. <laughs> didn't what do it for that? you, huh? No, I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> I mean, this it's looks ridiculous. this looks interesting at least, right? It looks kind of like they have a decent premise around this ride that they've turned into a movie.
1: We knew what we were getting, right? <laughs> we were going to get an over-costumed Dwayne Johnson right. fighting cheetahs and submarines and plant pirates. Same old, same old. We knew what we were getting.
0: Mike, what would be the worst Disney ride to be turned into a movie? And follow-up question, how quickly did It's a Small World pop into your head just now?
1: I wasn't even looking at your copy there, and it did. It honestly did. I don't even know. I've never been to Disney, uh, world or land, and that ride popped up in my head, and that would be a terrible.
0: Well, you may have missed your chance because those parks are never opening again in this world. Uh, Soul, trailer two, (laughs) the quarantine premise. This will win animated feature Oscar category, presumably in 2027 when the Oscars are a thing again.
1: Yeah, but spoiler alert, man. Yeah. This trailer basically gives you the whole plot of the movie. Yeah. Like, literally. So I- I'm hopeful to see this movie. It reminds me of some amalgamation of uh, Warren Beatty's Heaven Can Wait, yeah. you know, Inside Out from P- Pixar. Boss Baby, for some reason, <laughs> uh, definitely is a lot of Boss Baby here. I can see and that. It's a, one- yeah, it's a wonderful life. I mean, there's, there's that kind of thing going on. So that's a, that's a cool combination.
0: Yeah, in some meta way, isn't this kind of the prequel to Inside Out? Like if you you're getting to the area where souls are developed and then distributed into the world and newborn babies, and then you're dealing with what happens on the inside of those babies and inside out. Are they gonna have connections to inside out? I don't like know.
1: Show, like that's what I wonder. Like all these are all Metaclorians essentially walking around, <laughs> right? In in either heaven or in the brain. Uh, and, and, and in two different movies. So, yeah, connect them, like, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And they kind of do blend easily into one or the other. So more serious Oscars question, too. We talked about how Clayton Davis has on his Oscar rankings some people in the acting categories who are just voice doing voiceover work in animated features. Let's say something happens to the movie world where, like, you know, 70% of the entire schedule gets thrown into upheaval from, I don't know, some kind of pandemic or something. Are we opening the door to maybe it's becoming a reality where the acting categories may actually include voice actors, finally? No. You don't think so? <laughs> simple answer is
1: no. There's a long setup for a quick no, but the answer is no. I think Clayton Davis is excited about this movie. I think uh, he's practicing what he preaches in drawing attention uh, during the time where he has the window to draw attention to uh, some, some great upcoming films that he's excited about Mm -hmm. and performances that he wants on his list. I mean, let's be fair. They're not like tip top of, of his list, but he's excited for some names voicing these actors. And I, I think, you know, in a, in a fun world, yeah, you can have a voice acting performance, that gets nominated at some point, I I would be shocked. From what I've seen in the trailers, I don't see any of that here.
0: Yeah, I kind of, I I, I agree. Although I do think there should be, I mean, maybe they expand the category to have best voiceover work. I do think there should be some sort of recognition for the best job because there is talent in just doing a voice for a character.
1: Well, on awards circuit, I think they had a great article about uh, the uh, the two categories that the Academy is considering for next year in casting and in stunts. So,
0: yeah, maybe down the line you'll have a, uh, have another category we, there. Uh, we should take full credit for that because we've been pounding both those drums for quite some time. So uh, that's uh, that's all us. I will. Uh, I feel don't feel bad about saying that. And if somebody wants to challenge me, bring it. I was just trying to give credit to
1: another wonderful Oscars uh, <laughs> podcast and. Programming. Nope, nope nope, website. nope,
0: nope, nope, nope. All us, all Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We changed the world. Uh, Crip Camp, Michael, had its trailer debut. It will be out soon. The quarantine premise God, do I miss Obama? So, this trailer almost
1: made me cry. Yeah. And then it made me stand up and like cheer. I literally got up from my seat. I was so pumped. And I did not expect. To go on an emotional roller coaster in the trailer. I, I think this is one example of when you can kind of show all your whole story and show your hook and then show how the story is going to go in a trailer and make it work this is one of the prime examples of, of, of how that happens like go and watch this trailer people yeah. this is just uh heartwarming stuff i echo stuff.
0: everything you said i'm very much i'm so much more looking forward to this now than i was previously and that's what the uh, trailer is supposed to do that's the emotion it's supposed to elicit out of you and let me tell you something you know that barrio was the one in charge of putting that richie haven song freedom 1979 in the front of this trailer because i could <laughs> see him getting down and his, just listening to that every day that might be his alarm as far as it's going in my head right now what a great job and great use of that song in that trailer definitely seek this trailer out i'm excited to review the movie can't wait
1: can't wait we're hoping uh we get a guest in there uh you know you can guess
0: who he is at this point it's on netflix all right mike take us through can you do this kind of quick you got a big big uh big article here what are we doing
1: All right, it's what we're watching, and we're so desperate to talk to anybody that we're talking forever today, so I will try and do it quick. I've been doing a quarantine and crumpets with The Crown. (laughs) Very good. Nice job. It's great. It might be the best thing ever on Netflix. Wow. Really? In a strange double feature or a mixture within my Crown watching, I've watched ZZ Top, that little old band from Texas, Mike. (laughs) Every minute of this is just, I love it so much. I love that these three fat bearded men of strange builds, some of them (laughs) are fat, some of them are not, that that they became worldwide celebrities for just being kooky and weird and great musicians. It's the greatest thing. And they've had a whole career of being great on soundtracks, Back to the Future 3, Santa Claus, Armageddon. I mean, those just to name a few of our young
0: movie watching lives. ZZ Top is, is just great. Yeah, one of mu- the like movie music. legendary rock bands that I think might fall through the, cra- the cracks sometimes because outside of, like, LaGrange and whatever that song is I... Eliminator the album from uh,
1: Eliminator with all those songs uh, Sharp Dressed Man Sharp yeah, Dressed yeah, Man yeah. But yeah, I think I just LaGrange pissed off a lot of ZZ Top that. fans no no, no like... you're right, right La... 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 LaGrange was before that <laughs> good good
0: so I think you know other than those uh, you don't really think of them but yeah you're right they've been involved in a whole bunch of stuff in... over the years.
1: no now you did piss hmm. them off incorrect <laughs> That's incorrect. Okay. I've always thought, I've always loved Easy Top. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, <laughs> I watched some premium TV. Fight Club is still good. I did watch Shaun of the Dead, which really helped my anxiety, I'll be honest with you. Because you were picking up tips
0: like I suggested on how to kill zombies.
1: Yeah, but I figured, I was almost afraid to put it on. I was like, do I really put something apocalyptic on? But it made so many jokes that it really worked. Oh, that's so, good. So I, it was cathartic for you. That's nice. I did watch Never Look Away on Stars last night. I had some me time. It was a three-hour movie. I stayed up till one in the morning watching it. Jeez. And it's a, it's an excellent film. It's probably a B-plus all day, whatever, somewhere on that spectrum. There's some terrifying and disturbing World War II stuff at the beginning. There's a lot of art, creation, modern art. I mean, it's a beautiful cinematography. There's a lot of nudity.
0: Nice. <laughs> Got to get here. that in during this quarantine. If
1: you want some hineys and boobies and everything. <laughs> It's there. <laughs> it's one of those movies. I don't know why I'm watching World War II movies, but I might go on a World War II movie kick because I also watched Jojo Rabbit again, which was, again, strangely calm. Is that like your in, seventh in time seeing that movie? No, I think it's – well, I watched it three, four times now. It's six. Oh, jeez. All sixth right. I mentioned uh, pen fifteen and fuck that's delicious. I've been watching uh, season ones on Hulu. They're both great. I mentioned that in the last episode. I mentioned at the top of the show Disney Plus. I watched Frozen Two. Not the best rewatch. I, I kind of replayed a lot of R former oh argument did you now in my head and i laughed a great <laughs> deal like i was wondering well, during my rewatch because i wasn't like riveted to the to the tv i had my laptop open looking at nfl free agency i just needed something happy on in the background but I'm wondering, why is the ice horse saving her at this moment? Just like you were wondering, why was the ice horse saving her? And you were so angry (laughs) on her phone call
0: that night. You were flipping out at me. That's like the biggest argument you've ever had. We were legitimately yelling at each other for over Frozen 2. We were. That was the peak of the MMO relationship.
1: Yeah, and I I realize now... (laughs) That I might have been slightly out of line with certain things. But, but this is a fun movie. I'm glad kids around the world can watch this all day, every day. Pure, of,
0: unadulterated yeah. shit.
1: No, I know a lot of parents are grateful <laughs> yes. that this movie yes, is out I'm there sure. for their kids right now. But it's, it's like a kid's movie extravaganza. It's one of those. Here's a movie that I should just not have watched, like Stargirl. That's just not a movie for me. Yeah, It's about this... Uh, it's about this girl named Stargirl. Mm-hmm. And she Go on. Sings, she breaks into song. Like, just not like in a musical movie sort of way. She just breaks into song, like when she's introduced to her class. Oh, boy. Like, you know, here's a new girl in class. She just starts singing. Mm-hmm. And then at halftime at a, a middle school football game, I'm guessing, she just gets <laughs> out and she just steals it. And she does, like, a big song. Like, that's, like, the minute of this that I paid attention to because I shut this off after 30 minutes when I realized I hadn't been paid paying attention for the last 29.
0: Is it for like theater kids? I don't know who it's for.
1: Yeah. I I just can't really pay attention to it and it just lost me. So it's not for me. It's not for me. It may be a good movie if I watch the la- last hour, but I looked at how much is left in this hour 7. Nope. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I got better things it. to do even during a quarantine. <laughs> I'm not doing it. And I, uh but look, I mean we we got a ton of recommendations out there. I'll give you one for this episode Little Women I just bought it haven't watched it yet I really want to watch it I want to watch it with somebody and uh, I'm looking forward to that I mean that's Michael. like that's
0: six solid minutes of everything you reviewed save for Stargirl you were very yeah. high on and so that's that gives hope there's a lot of stuff available at your fingertips like we talked about during our top five quarantine watch list episode yeah. there's all kinds of stuff available for you you don't have to pay for a lot of it or you already pay you are already paying for a lot of it if it's on a streaming network anyway so that's kind of what we're trying to hope to do and to like save some of your sanity out there, dear listener. Uh, That's what we're keeping the eye towards as far as what I've been watching. Unfortunately, it's been way too much news. Uh, So my anxiety Mm -hmm. and my uh, disdain for the younger generation is at an all-time high because I keep seeing on social media people going out to the bars and being all tough and puffing their chest out. And it's like, you fucking idiots. It's not about you. It's about what you can do to like, you know, the woman who gave you life. Uh, I I can't stand it. But uh, yeah, way too much news. I talked about the wrestling thing already in a previous session. Segment that's been a lot of what I've been watching. I have not been watching a lot of movies because I've been just so bogged down in the news and my TV availability hasn't been at an all time high during this quarantine surprise. Right, right. right. Um, the man of recaps, I, we've talked about him on the show before. I know you hate him. Here's the bright side to, to what he does. Someone like me, I've tried and stopped watching The Walking Dead like eight separate times. I actually, because of his recaps and catching me up to date on what I've missed over the years, I've recorded the last couple episodes of The Walking Dead, so I'm (laughs) going to watch those. And I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't me finding the man of recaps.
1: I'm just going to start saying, like, bullshit on everything you say you're going to watch on the show from now on forward. But Here's what I think you're going to do. I think you're going to watch the Man of Recaps recap of the next Walking Dead episode. And you're going to watch, like, all of your recommendations on the Man of Recaps. And he might do a great program.
0: But I just don't believe you anymore. I don't. Let me tell you something. Pawnee, Indiana is in the middle of its fourth season right now on Parks and Rec.
1: Uh I'm glad for you I'm glad, but
0: that's a rewatch. They're doing some amazing things.
1: It was a great show. I enjoyed my one rewatch of uh of that show i uh I, I have a problem. I need to do it again. <laughs> it's a happy show and and yeah so you are you doing just parks and rec now or is it the office as well you're going back and forth Netflix
0: has asked me so many times if I'm still watching parks and rec and I laugh every time it comes up because what do you think I'm doing right now do you think I've suddenly gotten busy and stepped away from my tv late at night when I want to turn my brain off and I just want something happy of course I'm still watching stop asking me a matter of fact during this quarantine Netflix should take away that screen because all it does is insult us and we're all watching
1: There's gonna be a message on there that's just like dude enough already we got other (laughs) shit on here stop it it's just like this is like instead of instead of are you still
0: watching it just says you're not watching this anymore michael (laughs) get outside
1: (laughs) you're a bot you have to be a bot (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God, Mike. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that that's given you some ease between news binges, yeah. at least. All right. We got some audience interaction. I did want to mention two recommendations from our listeners. Jordan Beck, a.k.a. Dr. Magnifico. He says, Stubby Movie on HBO, which is Sergeant Stubby, uh, An American Hero. It's that animated film about the dog. Uh, it serves as a conversation starter for families to experience a little-known true story together. Plus dogs make everything better mike
0: both true statements and i like that something that all of the entire family can enjoy we also had christian ltel at christian ltel e l t e l l he's got a list that's really after our own hearts he says the irishman parasite heat Goodfellas, Casino, 007 movies, the John Wick series, Mission Impossible series, the Jason Bourne films, the Clint Eastwood films, especially the Dollars Trilogy and Unforgiven. It's like we keep saying, Christian, a man after our own Hearts here, a lot of stuff available at your fingertips right now. This quarantine doesn't have to be all miserable and sad. I mean, it's if, right. whether you're watching something new or you want to rewatch an old favorite, which I highly suggest, obviously. Because <laughs> that's all I watch. There's there's plenty of stuff out there to fit your fancy.
1: No, I agree. And I, I watched a couple of old favorites this week as well. And I think I'll go down like the Amelie route soon. You've been talking about that for I a while that. now yeah, it's on Cinemax, and I realize I do pay for Cinemax for some reason <laughs> HBO max. so I will I will do that., uh, we do have a uh, six degrees of MMO, a little shorter entry this week because we did a few more audience interaction segments. We have Stevie Ray Vaughn to Thomason. Mackenzie, some
0: brilliant efficiency awards this week, Michael. Yes, JR at Jim Bocci Pasta, as we lovingly call him, <laughs> 186. David Bowie and Stevie Ray Vaughan are both in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That is true. Helden, the German version of Heroes, was used in JoJo Rabbit.
1: Oh, it love so was. I uh, love that, that song at the end of that movie. Rob Rosenberg, who basically wrote the Mike Mike and Oscars at Keeping Underscore Kermit's <laughs> cur- current, excuse me, not Kermit the Frog. Uh-huh. He said uh, Thomas and Mackenzie was in Jojo Rabbit with Scarlett Johansson, who was in He's Not That Into You with Jennifer Aniston. Mike,
0: really? I've seen that movie. He's just not that into you. And they're in that movie together.
1: i I'd like that. I, I don't remember, right but
0: I'm now. I'm having like vivid flashbacks of me having to watch that. Scarlett
1: Johansson had a rom com phase with Jennifer Aniston. Anyway. Uh, Aniston once dated John Mayer, whose music is influenced by Stevie Ray Vaughn. That is
0: true. I remember the day I found out John Mayer was a serious guitar player, not just a teenage heartthrob, and I gained a lot of respect for him that day. He's from Connecticut, Fairfield, Connecticut. Yeah, he is. And apparently he was a dick in high school a couple people have Oh, told was him. he? <laughs> <laughs> Swamp Thing, played by CGI Emma Stone, our old friend Wojciech Vyshore here. Stevie Ray Vaughn played guitar on David Bowie's Let's Dance. David Bowie's song Heroes was used in Jojo Rabbit, starring Thomas and McKenzie, of course.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Talk Zone Radio at Talk Zone Radio said McKenzie was in Jojo Rabbit with Sam Rockwell, who is in Moon, with Kevin Spacey, who was in Contagion, with Donald Suther- Sutherland, who is in uh, Buffy TV. Oh, the TV show. Yeah, there you Donald go. Sutherland
0: was on the Buffy TV show. I got to watch. That's another thing I have to watch. People swear by that show because of the Joss Whedon uh, input. I kind of like the movie, the Buffy movie. Oh, so, I did, never, I. I never saw the, so did I. I never saw yeah.
1: the TV show. Anyway, Paul Rubens was also in the Buffy TV show, on the Conan podcast, by the way, he's hysterical, uh, who was in Back to the Beach, which
0: featured a Stevie Ray Vaughan cameo. We Holy shit. will have to take your word for that. <laughs> David Lynch Award, <laughs> TD, our buddy, at Tony, K-N-E-E-D, 81. Thomas and McKenzie will be in Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. Presumably, if that movie actually ever finishes production and comes out with Anya Taylor Joy this year, Anya Taylor Joy was in M. Night Shyamalan's directed Split and Glass, who used Stevie Ray Vaughn's Pride and Joy in Unbreakable in the year two thousand, the same year Thomas and Mackenzie was born, and I just got depressed.
1: She's <laughs> young. We're old. You didn't you didn't know that? Yeah. No. We're only uh, getting older. I, We're
0: quarantined. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sad now. <laughs>
1: we're stressed out we're aging much more rapidly during this situation uh no that's a great great david lynch award uh, taking a, a year of a birth and the the song and a soundtrack i love it we have the winner this week though it has to go to nolan roberts at nolan roberts 17 he said stevie ray vaughn was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame the same year as green day who is currently touring with weezer who I actually saw, by the way. I saw a Green Day Weezer show back in the day. Oh, yeah? How was it? It was, it was awesome. I, I thought Green
0: Day put on awesome. one of the... I wasn't a Green Day Weezer. It was Green Day and Jimmy Eat World. Put on one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Yeah, You know what? That's the one I saw. And then I saw a Weezer. Weezer was with the else. Foo Fighters.
1: That's what I... I yeah. saw both of those. It was
0: Weezer, Hot, Hot Heat, and the Foo
1: Fighters. How did my brain connect Green Day and Weezer back then? Because like, nobody just, ever was... wants to think of Hot, Hot Heat. There was no amount of me just, oh, just bullshit. I saw that show 10 years ago. No, I, I just legitimately thought, but I actually saw two shows. I Did you,
0: Did I see the uh, Green Day Jimmy Eat World show with you? No, I was a freshman in college, so we wouldn't have known each other then. But uh, that was at the Civic Center in Hartford. I remember it vividly. I think I
1: saw it the same spot. I, went, I know I went with my college ruby. And I think I went with my brother, but I I can't remember now. It's possible. It, we, I think it, it,
0: it was early. I remember it was early in the year. I may not have even known John at that point, so it's very possible. Uh, okay, that's very strange.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Green Day and Weezer—they uh, apparently have been doing concerts for a long time, and they're touring together now. Weezer just released a cover of "Africa" by Toto. Yes, they did, <laughs> and it's decent. To- <laughs> who took their name from the iconic dog from The Wizard of Oz. I love this. Which had a spinoff film, Oz the Great and Powerful, directed by Sam Raimi. Who is in negotiations to direct the sequel to Doctor Strange. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch, who is in the Hobbit movies with Thomas and McKenzie, the li- listing on her resume that I always forget. So I thought
0: that was a great entry from Mr. Nolan Roberts. Yes, Nolan Roberts, you are the winner of all things Bragging Rights. Six degrees of MMO related this week. Uh, so this chair has taken a sudden turn for the worse, I think. It's a shamrock-shaped chair with the shamrock shakes in it. Mike and I, of course, are dressed as leprechauns. There was... Uh, it has the coronavirus on it, but the whoever sits upon the throne is immune to it. So people cannot get to the shamrock shakes because they need to uh, go encounter the coronavirus. Mike, what are we adding to the throne this week? Well, he has
1: to drink the shamrock shakes Naturally. and eat the plastic because <laughs> it's all. So th- that's not a great thing he has to do, but he's trying to, you know. He's trying to get less coronavirus in the world. So Nolan Roberts actually has to eat the plastic and drink the shake. So he's, he's using his powers
0: fun. for good and not evil in this circumstance. He's trying to lessen as much corona exposure as there is on the six degrees throne.
1: But he is in a cool ass, you know, uh, throne at, at the very least. I don't think we should
0: move him anywhere. No, we, yeah. First time. I agree. I agree. This this throne this month needs to stay stationary for everyone's safe safety. I, I, th- I think that's the
1: wah-wah-wah kind of ending <laughs> to this middle-of-the-week entry to our improvisation. That's just where our heads are at right now.
0: Uh, no box office update this week. We already gave you kind of a look around what happened in the box office, lowest one in 20 years on our last episode when we reviewed big-time adolescence as part of the quarantine collection. Mike, what is going to be the six degrees challenge for the good people next week?
1: Yeah, you uh, decided on this because of an entry I had in my What We're Watching. We're going to go with Meatloaf, who is
0: just great. Yeah, and also, he would do anything for love, I've heard. He would do
1: anything for love. That means social distancing. That means whatever. (laughs) But he won't do that, Uh, (laughs) Mike. Meatloaf. Is going to Michelle Obama because she's got another movie coming out. So this is just absurd. Meatloaf to Michelle Obama is next That
0: old phantom, gruesome, twosome that always are hanging out. Meatloaf to Michelle Obama. That is your challenge for next week's Six Degrees of MMO. This has been MMO Weekly, Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly. Guys, as always, we hope you are safe. We hope your loved ones are safe and healthy, and we will get through this together. We will keep churning out the content so you have something new to listen to and hopefully get guide you through what's going on in the streaming worlds and give you something to watch during this quarantine. As always, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, we want to hear from you. You can leave us those. We are Mike, Mike and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike and Oscar on Instagram, at mm and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com dot com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, especially and including Apple Podcasts and if you're sitting indoors and you're listening to us during a -A -A quarantine, we thank you for giving us some of your quarantine time. We hope you have enjoyed your time with us and if you have, if you wouldn't mind, go on Apple Podcast app and leaving us a five-star review that would really help us out a lot. Michael, tell the good people once again what is coming next and let's end on some words of wisdom and a high note here. So we're gonna do the banker, which is
1: uh, coming out on Apple TV this weekend. I think we're gonna do blow the man down on Amazon Prime, unless another like Saint Maud just drops, mm-hmm. which uh, we might, you know, make a change there. Uh, but I- I'm I'm curious to see both of those films. Uh, we'll review them in one way, shape, or form. We're gonna do another midweek MMO weekly, is my guess for the middle of next week. And then we'll be doing uh, Crip Camp, like we said, uh, with our special guest expert on all things Netflix, Mr. Andrew from the Nomcast. His last name is
0: Nomcast, job. as far as I'm concerned. I don't. I don't yeah, like I, I mean,
1: I, I don't know if he wants his last name out there.
0: Uh, Andrew Nomcast. Andrew <laughs> Nomcast. Would be a cool uh, name change yeah. if he went to the courts and, and got that done. I think he should do it if the courts were open. Uh,
1: like, if uh, one of us should change it, what would we change it to? Like Oscar? That doesn't even make sense. It'd be terrible. Uh, I'm running out of steam Jebediah
0: Honeydew.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the terrible. Here we go with words of wisdom. And I actually have some serious words of wisdom for once. Uh, Two things. Number one, we give our best wishes to everybody suffering from this virus. Absolutely. Number one. I mean, we hope that they uh, recover fully. I know that's not the reality out there, but you know you got Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, you got Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Olga Kurienko, uh Christopher uh, Hivju, and Idris Elba that we know of in the entertainment world as as of this time that we're uh, recording yeah. on uh, on St. Patrick's Day. So anybody else gets it, we just hope for a swift recovery. Uh, and yes, practice social distancing. I would say is, 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 really important right now, but, but don't be distant. And I think that's important advice as well, because you need to make sure you're, you keep communicating with other people, Absolutely. whether it's on the phone, on social media, via podcasts, like we're doing now, you need to get some sunshine, whether it's going out on your deck, uh, you're taking a walk with the dog. You need to stay mentally healthy, everybody. I think that's wise, I know we have to avoid in-person gatherings, but that, that that doesn't mean that we have to shut down or shut off. As uh, as Kate from *Ignorance Was Bliss* always says on on her show, as a mantra, there, you matter, and that's that's very true. You matter. So I know we're all going to start missing our normal lives at some point, like crazy, but uh, we don't have to go crazy in the process. So take care of yourselves, your friends, your families. And uh, and and please just take care in general. Yeah.
0: And I I would just add uh, check in. You know, if you know someone that's living alone, doesn't have a significant other, doesn't have anyone to much of a social life because they are being respectful of the quarantine and trying to distance themselves. Give them a call, you know, text, send them a text, check in, check in with your uh, the elderly people in your life. They would love to hear from you. I'm sure. Check in with your parents. They would love to hear from you. I know for a fact. Uh, And be smart and be safe. And, uh, yeah, I just echo everything Mike says. I think you put that beautifully, man. Just stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Yeah,
1: all our best. All our best.
0: All right, guys. When reality sucks, and it does, certainly right now, we're going to help you uh, hopefully try to get through this together so you can always watch movies, listen to our nonsense, and just hang out with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya.